This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You should be saving for the future, but savings accounts suck. And investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit stairsapp.com today. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 by webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and joining me is my co-host, Jennifer Evans-Laycock, the editor of Search Engine Guide, uh, editor-in-chief, in fact. Today, our scheduled guest was uh, Joost and unfortunately, he couldn't make it to the show today. Um, we will be rescheduling and trying to get him on a future show. Today, uh, we're going to discuss a, a couple things. It's a little longer today, because... Uh, I wanted to extend our show a bit to cover uh, a bit of the news that came out of SMX last week, SMX West, uh, I believe it was in Santa Clara again. Um, they, uh, the search engines, the big three, in my opinion, uh, MSN, Google, and Yahoo, and I believe Ask is on board, but, you know, Ask. Uh, and they have launched this new tag called the canonical link tag. And, and the purpose of this tag is to um, allow... Uh, People who have, let's say you've got a URL that is, um, has tracking codes on the end. You know, so it's like uh, yoursite.com slash company slash, and, and then you have people going to your site from an ad, and you want to track that ad. So say it was an ad on search engine guide. So it would be quote, a question mark search engine guide. And then that way you can actually track um, where people have come from when they came to your page, and you can see just what kind of uh, business you've got from the ad you're paying for. Well, before when that happened, the search engines would go 
to your site using that URL and actually think of it as a separate address than the actual site without the question mark. Um, now, Jen, I just said that pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> you did say that. What I say actually makes sense. <laughs> I'm still sitting here laughing at the word canonical just because every time I hear it, it makes me laugh. It just canonical. I would say that quickly, yeah? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Three times fast. Um, yeah, no, I think that was a great overview of what the canonical issues actually are, though. I think that's one of the things that really throws some of the newbies for a, for a loop is, you know, canonical. What the heck is that? Um, but, you know, basically, I, I think the super simple version is we all see the same page, search engines see different pages. And I think you did a great job of kind of summarizing how that happens. That, you know, if you've got a dynamic site that's trying to pull some content from different places and put it together, you know, if you're on a site like Amazon, that's where you get those great big giant long URLs that you've got to use tiny URL for if you're passing them around. Or even like you said, you know, if you're trying to get some tracking code in there for your analytics or from ads. Um, and actually, when you and I were talking before the show, that was one of the things that popped up is... You know, I was thinking that through, and my brain just didn't really put together the canonical issue and the tracking codes on some level. You know, I've experienced it and worked with it on the dynamic side, but just to throw on, you know, the little question mark equals source whatever for tracking purposes, I don't know. Part of me just kind of doesn't didn't really see that as being a potential issue. So I'm kind of curious, you know, to kind of jump to that for a minute, what, what your thoughts are on that, and if you've seen any problems with adding those just really simple tracking codes, you know, to what's already a simple URL. Are you seeing problems with canonical issues there and things getting double-indexed? Definitely, yeah. Well, and, and the reason, I guess it's, you know, Google can only be so uh, complex, at least right now, and there are sites out there, like you said, that Amazon, where they use the question mark within their code, and it's not just passing um, an advertising. It's not just saying, uh, this. go to this page, um, the person who sent, or the, the place that sent the traffic is search engine. No, it's not. It's, it's actually saying, um, please show this particular content on the page. It, it's quite a bit of complex code there, and it's very important to be parsed properly. So Google could remove it, uh, or at least not even consider it. So... Um, when anyone added um, this kind of code to their, their URL, and it's just a normal URL, I mean, their site may not be dynamic at all. It's completely static, in fact, uh, .html, whatever. Um, but when they added this code, everything got duplicated. And, uh, yeah, if you have various codes, various campaigns, all leading to the same landing page, you can actually have multiple, multiple, multiple URLs showing up in Google, and Google sees that all as duplicate content. Um, and there is the, therein lies the main issue. Um, that duplicate content, one of those pages Google's going to have to choose is the main page. And if one of those happens to have more prominence, it's going to choose the one with perhaps your question mark equals search engine guide or question marks equals CNN or whatever you're doing the advertising on. And, you know, would you really want that to rank? That's not a great thing to do because all of a sudden your numbers are all thrown off for your marketing. And I, I'm with you on that, but I guess that's that's where I start to get confused is if I think of, you know, sites that I've run tracking codes on and, you know, if I'm digging in with analytics and, you know, looking to see what's sending traffic and looking at those those URL strings and the refers from those search engines, I don't tend to see those tracking codes, you know, tracking codes, not the dynamic. Obviously, the great big long dynamic ones tend to show up in search results, but I don't really tend to see those that much. Now, granted, you know, I've been on the social media side far more so than the search side for the last couple of years, so it's not really something I'd even thought that much about until we started talking about this topic. 
mm-hmm. but it's it's one of those things that makes me a little curious on you know is it really that big of an issue just for the tracking URL and actually okay I'll hold this other question till till you do a little bit more explaining on the canonical tag because I have some thoughts on you know there'd be much simpler ways for them to handle this and to give to us to handle this but can you can you give us an overview of what the canonical tag is and what they're looking you know how they're looking to solve this problem right now yeah, well, certainly. Yeah, so what what they've done? This is the big news: is uh, Google has launched, uh, or sorry, I always say Google. I'm so used to saying that now. Uh, the the, the oh, three search engines. Although I should say that Google's the only one at this point that I know who's actually paying attention to it at this point. The other search engines are still building it in. In any case, they've offered this tag, which is um, a rel tag, a relative tag. Um, and what it is is you put it in your head, the head of a document. So say you you're sending. Say your landing page has a lot of these uh, um, coded URLs being sent to it. Well, you don't want all these to be uh, considered duplicate content. Um, so what this does is you put on the page uh, rel equals canonical um, and then href equals. And what you do is you're specifying to Google what the actual page should be. So all of these URLs that go to it um, will be stemmed or it's a stem, so we're lacking a word here, but they'll be cut to just use that phrase or use that URL. So any of the uh, extraneous code that would have been considered by Google as a different page is being cut. And so basically, you're, all of these you're telling the consolidated telling, into one page. Okay, so you're telling the search engine in that tag, this is the URL of this page, no matter what the browser is telling you. Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Much better. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so it's very important because, uh, and, and the benefit of this is you, you look at all these sites out there that uh, also have dynamic pages. Um, you know, this applies to re- static sites who do a lot of advertising and such and, and have all these links. But you look at dynamic sites as well. Um, there may be different versions of the same page everywhere um, because, uh, for example, on, on our website, we've actually got... Uh, on my Stepworth website, I was doing some testing. So I did, okay, uh, there's multiple menus on, or multiple places on one page. They can all get to the same page. Let's say my company page. Well, I thought, well, the only way for me to really figure out which one they're clicking on is by adding a question mark equals top menu, question mark equals bottom menu, footer, whatever. Um, but that information was being passed on, and it was confusing Google. Uh, it seems, I know, I, I'm with you. It seems a bit crazy that that still would, but it does. And uh, by using this canonical tag, you can actually consolidate all of these false, um, seemingly different pages into one. And uh, not only does that work well for eliminating duplicate content on the search engines, but it also consolidates all of your, um, any kind of link popularity as well that are coming from those, if there is any. So uh, it's good all around. You know, I'm... I'm over on Search Engine Land right now, and I'm skimming through. Vanessa Fox has a great article um, on Search Engine Land from the day this was announced. It really does a nice job of laying it out. So anyone listening that you know wants to kind of get the visual um, of all of this might want to head over there at some point and take a read. And I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm looking at this new tag. And I see a couple of potential problems here that, that are what's making me wonder, you know, why do it via the canonical tag? Um, why not, you know... Generally, when you're adding something like this, you've got like question mark and then it might be source equals, you know, search engine guide or whatever. Or you've got your question mark and then that's where you throw your parameters in. So, you know, the item 
is, you know, an MP3 player, the style is, you know, Apple, whatever. Wouldn't you think that rather than force us all to try and add this new tag, which there's some issues that I'll, I'll hit up on here in a minute, but rather than try and get us to add this new tag, couldn't they just standardize what they'll skip over in terms of those parameters? So couldn't they say to us, you know, if your parameter suddenly becomes question mark source equals, then we'll ignore anything after that. Because then we're still building everything the same way we always have, but we've got that code word where they're already reading that they can just kind of say, oh, okay, well, this is just, you know, a source for analytics purposes. We can ignore it, as opposed to this is a dynamic issue, you know, that's actually pulling content and data out and we need to read it. Doesn't that make more sense to you? It does make sense from here on, but what about all the past links that are out there that don't use that? With this new system, all those past links will also consolidate. Um, so but aren't we going to have to go in and change things either way? You're just adding something to the page that will That's ultimately true. fix everything. So you do one thing and all your links perhaps, you know, if you've got a really popular page or, or anything like that, there may be thousands of links, maybe hundreds and hundreds of sites with different links to, or with various links going to your site. You know, to do that would take you forever. So in this well, case, just yes. adding a simple code on your page and you're set. Well, that's true. And all of those incoming links using all of those different tracking codes, you don't always have the ability to control all of them if they're showing up on other pages. Right. See, this is why people like you work for Google and not people like me. <laughs> because I go, work it for seems Google. so simple to do it this way. <laughs> This is why I stick with the social side of things more. Okay, well, so let's say we are adding this to the page. There's still a couple issues I see there. Um, one, it seems to me that the types of sites that this is most often a problem on are the dynamically generated sites, you know, the ones that are actually pulling all this content out of the database and, you know, showing up a million different versions, you know, say for every zip code in the United States or for every state or whatever, but it's the same content. Okay, those types of sites, you know, from my limited technical knowledge, they don't generally allow you to mess with the header anyways. So if that's the case, how are you going to get in there and add this tag? I know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's too bad for them if they're not set up for SEO. <laughs> yeah, we had a talk about this last week. <laughs> First up with Star, but I got, I got no pity for the, the ones that... that uh, I, if a content management system doesn't allow you to work that way, like allow you to do some editing in the heading, well, in the heading area, that's just drives me insane and, and it's not worth the salt, in my opinion. I'm sure that'll draw some ire, but it's this fact to me. But nonetheless, um, there's a lot of people out there saddled with sites like that. Exactly. And you, and, you and gotta do, do the right. best do you can answer. do with what you got. Yeah, and, and unfortunately I do work uh, you know, with many um, proprietary systems. Like It seems a lot of design firms have their own proprietary content management systems now, and they have right. a difficult time working with these because they haven't even considered that the heading may, or heading, the head area may require some customization. So, I mean, yes, they've They've dealt with the meta tags, so that's ability, that ability is there. But yes, it will require a little bit of programming, and, and, and there's no question that that could be, you know, a couple hours, three hours, four hours of programming costs. Um, however, I think that that'd be more than worth it. And what they would do, and, and I'm I'm technical, but I'm I, I couldn't actually write it, but I've got a good idea of how it would be done. Um, essentially, you would add the tag, and you'd have to put in a a variable in between the quotes where it says what should this tag, what should this URL actually be, the canonical. Um, and that variable would be filled in by your database. So you'd actually just fill in the database and automatically this will be added to each page as it loaded. Um, it does require a little bit of time, like I say, but it, it would certainly pay off in the long run because you've got um, any link popularity from any of these other links would all consolidate and potentially give you an extra boost in rankings. 
Huh. Okay. Well, yeah, that makes sense. But, okay, then, again, devil's advocate, if you can get into the header and you can do some work there, wouldn't you have some more sort of standard ways to do this, like, you know, 301 redirects, getting in and playing around with the HT access? I mean, if you have the ability to get into that area and make some edits, aren't there already some other ways to kind of deal with this? Well, actually, I'm glad you, you told me about this question earlier because it gave me some time to think about it. And, <laughs> and, and you, I should have saved it and put you on the spot. That would have been yeah, fun. Yeah, you would have really got me. Uh, no, I, one thing that I did consider, and I've been doing a lot of 301 redirects for, for clients for doing when they're doing changeovers of sites and stuff. And, and again, this is a bit on my limited knowledge end, but from what I understand, it is a little bit server-intensive having a long list of 301s. And not only that, it does take a lot of time. I can speak from experience on that to create, a, well, like if you've got hundreds and hundreds and perhaps thousands of different uh, of these tracking URLs, um, it can take a long time to set up those 301s. Um, now, you don't really want any server load um, to, you don't, you don't want your server to slow down. You don't want your website to slow down. Um, that does not happen and will not happen if you just have this particular, particular tag on your page. Um, so, yes, the 301 works for a few links, but I would say that for sites who have this quite rampant, and I'm sure there are some big sites like, uh, you know, the big uh, the big guys like Fortune and all these guys who have so many different versions of their URLs out there, they, they're going to need to do this on a mass scale. And doing a 301, I don't think, would be feasible. Well, and to go back to what you said to one of my questions earlier, you basically then have to go back in and add these 301s every time you added a new tracking URL as opposed to just doing it the one time through this new canonical tag, correct? Exactly. So it's saving you time. Um, it's a little bit of a, it's a quick learning curve, but it, it's, it's not too in-depth. It looks like they're going to have a lot of good um, info out there. It's supported by the major search engines. There's not just one, which is wonderful and, and in my opinion, kind of rare. It's quite nice to see. So uh, I'm pretty pleased with it. When I heard about it, I thought, okay, this is actually big news, which is why we're extending today's show a little bit to, to fill everyone in on this. Well, now, in terms of the search engines looking at it and reading it, um, as far as I understand, none of them are saying, you know, this will solve the problem. They're just all saying we're going to start looking at it. So yeah. this isn't, you know, we need to make clear to people that this isn't really the magic solution it's this is how we're going to work with the engines to start salt to start trying to solve this problem and start sort of giving them a little bit of guidance there's no guarantee from the search engines that this is going to quote work correct exactly and, and you know what i i think that you know i was reading matt cuts uh, blog on that and, and and he's you know matt cuts dot uh, is it .org or .com? I, I think it's .com. If you go there, and um, he's got a great blog, and he's one of the Google engineers. Um, he His blog is wonderful, and in this particular case, he, he even mentions, I believe, that the, yes, it's not guaranteed, um, but it's it's within their interest to listen. I mean, and at this point, there is no, I think about the reason they say that is for, you know, they're smart people, but I think uh, black hats are, are quite smart as well, and they may figure some way to make this work for them, and, and they want to make sure that it's acknowledged that this won't always work. And right. uh, but, but, you know, it's within their interest to do it. So I think it will work the majority of the time, at least at the beginning, and, until they've ironed out all the, the issues that, that pop up. Yeah, I think Google's quote was a suggestion that we honor strongly, which kind yes. of made me laugh. That just sounds like such Google wording on it. Um, but one of the things that Vanessa has in her article is she said, um, 
it's more likely that it's to be processed and properly used if there's already other best practices for URLs in place. And the three she lists, um, one, the canonical URL is the shortest version, which makes perfect sense. Um, the content rendered for each URL is very similar or exact, and I think that's where we get back into, say you're delivering the same content, but you know with different zip codes or different states. You know, it's just very subtle changes because you're running through some type of big dynamic site. Um, and mm -hmm. then the URL uses pre-standard parameter patterns, you know, the question mark, the percentage sign, you know, things like that. So it's, you know, again, that plays with giving them that little bit of slack of we can't guarantee that this is going to solve the problem, but, you know, if you do it this way, it should kind of take care of it. Um, mm -hmm. I think that makes a lot of sense and just kind of encourages, you know, good URL structure all around. Excellent. Well, that's good. Yeah, there's a lot of people weighing in on the subject, and it's really used to... Uh, uh, it's it's really it's really nice to see this kind of uh, feedback and and see everyone else's opinion out there because it is new and and uh, from what I can tell it's mostly warmly welcomed. Uh, I don't see any many major issues with it. Anyway, uh, we're going to take a quick break right now, and when we come back, we'll uh, we'll follow up a little bit more on, on Jennifer's uh, upcoming week. We'll be right back. Go behind the scenes of SEO 101 with their Facebook fan page. Search for SEO 101 podcast on Facebook now. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, have you got the number for Cherry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com. Well, what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, Amazon, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. Jeez, another year with no refund from the IRS. I got a nice chunk of change this year. I'm buying a new car and I'm going to Fiji. How in the world did you do that? I got in on TaxBrain.com's affiliate program. And it's easy to make big money during tax season just by bringing them other people paying their taxes. TaxBrain.com? How does that work? With TaxBrain.com's affiliate program, I command a huge payday with their nitro payouts. Because I get paid for leads as well as sales. That sounds easy. How do you do it? They give me all the tools it takes, like dedicated publisher support, analytics capabilities, custom tracking and creative services, and so much more that I need to make money the easy way. Wow. With 140 million households paying taxes every year, I bet there's no shortage of business all season long. Now you got the idea. Make money off the tax man. How do I find out more? Visit taxbrain.com forward slash affiliates to find out more. Taxbrain.com, America's online tax service. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. Life tips. Making your life smarter, better, 
faster, wiser. Wednesdays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Entertainment Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to WebmasterRadio.fm's SEO 101 show with Jennifer Evans-Laycock, Editor-in-Chief of Search Engine Guide, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Before the break, we were discussing the, the new canonical URL tag, uh, or I should say link tag, from uh, the big search engines, uh, which was quite an interesting discussion. Um, and now uh, we're just going to sort of do a blend in now and talk to Jennifer. She's in London right now, uh, preparing herself for the Search Engine Strategies Conference. She's a little tired. How are you doing there, Jen? <laughs> that was That's a long flight across the pond. And for some reason, always end up on a red eye coming over here. So Matt oh. Haley and I got in this morning, I think about 8 a.m., and uh, thankfully, they were nice enough to let us check into our room. So I'm running on about two, two and a half hours of sleep. I think it's, oh. it's like 6.30 here, and I don't know, it's way earlier than that for you. And now we're hours and hours apart in time zones. Um, but yeah, so just, you know, getting in, looking over the uh, the show. I was over here last year for it, but I just came over for the training on the tail end. So I've never actually got a chance to hit the London show, but I've heard... But it's definitely a little bit of a different environment, you know, than what we get at some of the U.S. shows. So I'm really looking forward to it. Hopefully, if we've got yep. any listeners that are over here, they might, you know, come seek me out at the show and come say hello. Um, but it it looks like it's going to be a pretty good show. I don't think I've got anything going on until Thursday. I'm doing a social media panel, and then on Friday I'm going to be doing half day training on uh, blogs, not SEO through blogs, but just, you know, actual blog outreach and blog marketing strategy and all that type of stuff. So really looking forward to, you know, some fish and chips and some Big Ben and some search <laughs> with a British accent. Excellent. Well, so, hey, how about uh, we'll put you on the spot. Give us two, two of your tips for the outreach, the blog outreach. So, two of my tips for the blog outreach. Uh, my biggest one is I've actually got a, a pitching checklist, and I can't remember for sure if it's up on Search Engine Guide or not, but maybe this is a good way to, way to get some of our listeners in touch with us. Um, if anyone wants to drop me an email or pop onto our Facebook group and make a post over there, I've got this pitching checklist that I use when I'm teaching. Um, it's just a nice printout. You know, go through it. And it's the things you should do before you pitch a blogger and the things that you absolutely must do before you pitch a blogger. It's just kind of based on, one, all the pitches I've got and a lot of the pitches I've done over the years. Of These are all the things I wish people would pay attention to. You know, really simple things like get my name right. You know, I'll occasionally get pitches at Search Engine Guide that are like Dear Search Engine Guide. And I'm thinking, if you can't take the time to figure out what my name actually is, I'm really not going to take the time to look at your stuff. So that's a big one is just pitching people properly. It's such a simple thing. And I think, you know, the, the whole link building software that a lot of people used for years, just that sort of mass spamming of, hey, link to me, link to me, it kind of got everyone completely off track of how you should be doing it. You know, we know good link builders are sending personalized emails. And it's the same thing for blog pitches. It's all got to be personalized. And then I think the other one is just listening. Doing a lot more listening and reading of other people's sites than getting out there and talking. There's a lot of companies that have really good blog marketing strategies based solely on 
reading other people's blogs and commenting on them and then taking, you know, sort of the feedback and information they get from the community and changing the way they do business based on that, you know, not even getting out there with their own active voice on their own blog. And I think that's something a lot of people overlook. Well, another thing I, I, I saw uh, the other day, um, actually I was doing some reading uh, on, on Yost's uh, blog, um, Yost Devak, um, about um, using WordPress, which is something we're, we're going to be doing an interview on very shortly. But um, he mentioned that do that, you know, go to their sites, like find out who's, who's been participating on your site. So who has been um, perhaps commenting on your articles? And, and he was saying about 1% of people actually do that. So, you know, you really got to look after them. And, and, and one way he does is he actually follow, he finds out, you know, from their link or wherever where they're at. And he goes to their blog and, and tries to participate with them um, by commenting with them, um, sort, of, sort of setting up a relationship. And then once he does that, he may even, if he finds their article really interesting, he may actually do a follow-up article and link to them from his site. Um, I think it's a fa- fascinating way to go. I mean, I don't know how anyone keeps track of all these different ideas. But you have to pick know, a, a purpose first. <laughs> it's, like, it's like what SEOs do. It's no different than going into your analytics and, you know, looking at your keywords and, you know, everything else. It's just, it's a different form of marketing. And it's interesting to me how they all kind of coincide, you know, social media and blogs and SEO. They're all so closely tied, but they're also so completely separate in terms of what you can really dig in and specialize in and coming up with those strategies and sort of those procedures of, you know, how do we follow this conversation? How do we follow people back? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people like to read someone else's blog and then comment on their own blog, you know, so basically drawing the traffic back to their own community. But I know a lot of people in the social media space that are pretty bound and determined know if you've got comments to make, you make it on that person's blog and you add to their unique content and you help them build up their site just sort of on, you know, the karma effect and kind of keeping the conversation centralized. I think that's a that's one of those big challenges as you start to get that fragmented conversation as everyone starts adding their two cents in a million different places. And it's really hard to kind of keep up with you know, what's being said and where, but that's also a really nice thing on the link side if you're sort of the originating post. You know, you don't necessarily want everyone to come in and have the conversation on your site. You want them to blog about it on their site, so you've got all that extra links and traffic coming in. So I kind of like a split between the two. I think he makes a great point, and I think it's essential to do that, to go back and engage them in their own space. But I definitely think there's something to be said for, you know, feeding them the links and feeding them the additional traffic that'll come from talking about it on you know, on your site. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I actually I do um, quick to I guess one to two hour presentations for, for free in my office here for staff or not for staff as well as uh, just the the public for fun. I, I find it good for keeping up my chops. But I'm thinking about doing a blog one and. I keep reading and I go, oh, wow, that's a great idea. And then I get off on tangent and do it on my own site. <laughs> there is so much out there. It's amazing. And I mean, I know, but I know. I don't know about you, but I, I find I, I do a lot of the marketing myself uh, just because, well, frankly, I love it. And it's a good way to keep up on top of things. But uh, that's why I feel it's a little overwhelming. There's so many great ideas and so many different ways you can engage. How do you keep track? Or, you know, I guess it's really you've got to make a list of the ones you're going to actually do and stick to. And if something really good comes out, maybe you'll want to switch one out because you can only do so much. Uh, that's true. And that's... That's actually one of the things I'm really looking forward to. Oh, and actually, we, we haven't mentioned this yet, but a uh, little intro for me will be changing soon because I've, uh, 
I'm still staying with Search Engine Guide, but my kids are getting a little older and I've been looking to actually get back into some more client work. So I, I mentioned to you a couple days ago that I've teamed up with uh, Matt Bailey and I'm joining him over at SiteLogic and I'm going to build his social media department and be director of social media over there. And that's been one of the things that I'm really excited about getting back into. You know, Matt and his crew have such a great analytics focus. They are just fantastic, especially on the usability front, of really going in and digging through those files to see how people are engaging and then sort of changing their strategy based off what they're seeing. One of the things I'm really looking forward to tapping is that sort of that knowledge of analytics and that understanding of how you sort of reverse engineer things to really shift that social media and that blog focus from, okay, we want to go out and reach people and then let's figure out how to track it, to, okay, what's our goal? Now, how are we equipped to track it? And based on how we can track it, what can we do as our marketing plan? Sort of switching it around the other way. Because I just see way too many people kind of storming into blogs and social media and everything else and trying to figure out on the back end, okay, well, we've done all this work. How do we see if it's actually successful? And you limit yourself a little bit and what you can do when you do it this way, when you sort of start with that end goal and work back to make sure it stays trackable. But, you know, when we're asking clients in an economy like this, to give us new money for new things to try, you have to be able to justify it. You have to be able to track it. So I'm really, I'm really interested to get in and start establishing sort of some of those procedures and some of those ways that we look at things, you know, just to see what will happen and just to see what does end up working out the best. Yeah, it's actually quite amazing. I, I find uh, a lot of, of past clients or people who have asked questions, you know, needed a little bit of consulting advice. A lot of them haven't apply any sort of analytics to track some ex very expensive campaigns they're doing online. And, and, you know, if you don't have that in place, how can you really quantify whether or not you want to do that campaign again? Um, or are you just going to keep throwing money into a hole? Because it could be that it's not doing anything for you. So I think exactly. that's great. I mean, uh, analytics is huge. We're trying to push it as hard as we can, too. And, and it's actually a bit of a struggle with some people because it, it is so much more complex. And yes, it does slow down the launch of campaigns, but... Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and Jennifer Evans-Laycock, now Director of Social Media at SiteLogic. Congratulations, Jennifer. Uh, thank you for joining us today on SEO 101 at webmasterradio.fm. Uh, we hope you tune in next week at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or 2 p.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time for our next show. And uh, I want to wish uh, Jennifer a great time in uh, London and uh, all the beer. Lucky, lucky. <laughs> I don't do the beer, but I'll eat some fish and chips for you. Okay, great. Thank you very much, everyone. Saving for the future, but savings accounts suck, and investing can be scary. We combine the ease of savings with the real returns of investing. We call it Save Vesting, and it's only available in our new app, Stairs. Stairs offers 4 to 6% returns, no fees, and you can withdraw anytime. Do your future a favor. Visit StairsApp.com today.